Hello, guys, and thank you for listening and watching another episode <clears throat> of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom, rest, and expansion in Christ Jesus. I'm super excited to be back. I have an amazing word from the Lord, but first and foremost, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for um, tuning in today. Um, I've been out for about a week, and um, I had a, a sinus infection, and I actually took my voice, and I was just... Uh, talking to someone I was mentoring the, uh, yesterday about this, um, about how as soon as we got through uh, uh, getting her filled with the Holy Spirit, how two hours later my voice was gone. So I know that God is moving, but I've still been ministering off camera. I've still been going forth and being, I'm still on assignment for the Lord. And I just thank God for restoring me, for healing me, and just continually to guide me in all truth. So thank you, thanks again for your prayers and for tuning in. Listen, I have a great and wonderful word from the Lord today. I'm super excited. I could not wait to get on here. And as you see for the, from the thumbnail, from the title, this is going to be titled Ride or Die. How many of you ever heard that term, that secular term, are you a ride or die? Yeah, well, that's the term that God gave me, and that's the, the slogan or the phrase that he wanted for this actual um, podcast today. Ride or die, he says, are you led by obligation or by the Spirit of the Lord? I'm going to say that again. Are you his ride or die? Are you led by the Spirit of the Lord, or are you led by the obligation of men? Let's get into it. So he began to minister to me about the ride or die. And, and here are some things that he began to highlight to me. Um, he began to highlight to me, he said, he is raising up an army that will not compromise or will not settle. He's working to partner with many of his sons and daughters to help them fulfill their purpose. So some of the words he gave me, what he's looking for is relentless, faithfulness, tenacity, perseverance, boldness, unity in the body, a people that will not compromise the truth for the sake of peace or just for the sake of getting along with others. He came to bring division. So he's looking for a holy boldness in this season because what it's going to take to fulfill your purpose to uh, build for the Lord is going to take a holy boldness. It's going to take a people after God's own heart. So what he began to do is he began to take me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15. And there we know the story very well. This is the story of Saul. This is the story of Saul, uh, God instructing him to annihilate the Amalekites, right? But we all know the story and how Saul was disobedient. And then how God then had to raise up David to finish you know, the job and to uh, be king because Saul was rejected as king. But let's look at the uh, 1 Samuel. Let's look at this because God is speaking to us loud and clear. And he also said that um, people who will speak the unadulterated word of God, people who will not compromise because of popularity, because of opinion, because of the face of men and women, people will, that will not compromise because of, uh, of, of relationships, people that will not compromise because they're emotionally entangled with the yoke of bondage and they can't seem to separate themselves. God is looking to draw the line in the sand and he's looking for a people that he is raising up that will speak the unadulterated word of God in spirit and in truth. He's not looking for 
people that will compromise or get along just so that everyone can like them. Because Paul said it really greatly. He said, if I was uh, um, uh, trying to people please, I would not, and I'm paraphrasing, I, if I was trying to people please, I would not be a servant of the Lord. So we know that that's directly tied with obeying God above all else in spite of the emotional and manipulative bondage that people will try to draw us into because Satan will use any and every one that he can to pull you off a course, to pull you off of your destiny and purpose, to pull you off of um, the blessings of God and the favor of God from over your life because his ultimate goal is destruction. His ultimate goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. So of course, he's going to bring something that he knows that you like. He's going to bring people around you. You know, like I said 20 million times before, when the enemy get ready to mess you up, he sends a person. And when God gets ready to bless you, he sends a person. It's up to you to have the wisdom of God to discern difference. I don't care what it look like, what it smell like, what it act like. But the Bible says you will know a tree by its fruit, meaning character. There's no other way. You will know. I don't care what people say. I don't care what they say. It's what they do, how they live, what, 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 what they are trying to entice you in, what they're trying to bring you into. Is it disobeying the word of God? And if it is, I don't care how pretty it is, you better flee. The Bible says flee from sexual immorality, flee from uh, sin. The, the Bible says in first, uh, I believe it's first Corinthians 15, that evil communications corrupt good character. Bad company corrupts good character. What's on people would eventually get on you. This is why he said, come out from among them and be ye clean, separate yourselves touch no unclean thing. So we have to know that God is looking in this season and this hour for a people that will not compromise the gospel for the sake of peace, that will speak the unadulterated word in love and compassion. Jesus said, Jesus was moved by compassion. Love should be the motivation, not revenge, not jealousy, not envy, not discord. Love, should be the motivation. Jesus was moved with compassion when he healed. Jesus was moved with compassion when he delivered, right? So we want to walk in his footsteps. He is our example, not man. God says, look to him, not to man. So let's get into it, guys. So people who will speak the unadulterated word of God and love like he loves a people that reflect his image and walk in the authority and conviction of his word. Let me say this again. A people who would reflect his image and walk in love and the authority and the conviction of his love, right? And of his word. So he's looking for a ride or die. And as we see in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, it talks about Saul sparing King Agag. This is, is so much meat in the scripture. And why is that? Because this is a story where God specifically instructed Saul to take the Amalekites out, including King Agag. But according to the scripture, Saul decided to spare King Agag and also some of the, the animals that he, that he claimed he wanted to sacrifice to God. So let's talk about it. And I'm going to show you what God was showing me in this. So 1 Samuel chapter 15, it says, Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish uh, Amalek for what he did to Israel. And what did he do to Israel? This is why God sent him to annihilate uh, the uh, Amalekites. What did he do is that he, he, what the Amalekites did to Israel was they, uh, they attacked Israel. It was an unprovoked war, right? Israel from behind as they had just finished crossing the Red Sea and Israel went to war with them because of this. You know, they had attacked them unprovoked. They caught them off guard and they attacked them from behind. And because of that, God sent Saul to deal with the Amalekites and to annihilate that that whole generation because of their unprovoked attack towards Israel. And we all know how daddy God feel about Israel. Israel is the apple of God's eye. And so God said he will be an enemy to your enemies. So I believe we are in the season and we are in the time where we have to know that God will not reckon with any spirit that will come against you. As a believer in Christ, if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you belong to Jesus, God will not reckon with any spirit. This not only go for the Israelites, but this also go for us. We are the spiritual Israel, right? So God is saying in this hour that he will send his angels to have charge over you, to bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Because God is saying that he will not reckon. According to the book of Exodus, he says in Exodus 22, that he will be an enemy to your enemy. So God is serious about his people. This is why it's serious that we love people because God is serious about people. So everybody you lay eyes on matters to God, no matter how you feel about them, because God created them for a purpose. He belong, They belong to God. So this is why it's vitally important that we will speak the unadulterated word of God, right? That we will not compromise the gospel for the sake of peace or popularity or just to fit in or we want everybody to like us. We're not called to be liked by everybody. In fact, Jesus said, if we follow in him, we're going to be persecuted and rejected. And I'm going to show you this in this scripture. So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them into Lam, verse 4. 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. So he went to smoke the, the people from attacking Israel. Then Saul said to the Canaanites, go depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you show kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Sir, right? Which is the east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, right? And the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, and the lambs. And that was good and was unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. Vitally important. Because delayed disobedience and partial disobedience is still disobedience, right? So he had an instruction. He was supposed to kill the Amalekites, but he spared King Agag. He spared the cattle and all of the, the best of the best, right? So then, now the word of the Lord came to Samuel. So Samuel is the prophet, right? 
the word of the Lord, that means that God is speaking to him on behalf of what Saul did in his inner room behind closed doors. How many of you know that there is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed and every lie will be swallowed up in the truth? God will give you the insight and the wisdom and dreams, visions, and even in word in your spirit to let you know about people, to let you know what's going on with people, what their intentions are, what their motives are. Why? Because he may want to give a give them a word through you, or he just may want you to know what their agenda, agenda is or what the motive is that they have towards you so that you can act accordingly to how he wants you to respond to people. See, what I love about God is he will not allow the enemy to make a fool out of you if you don't want to be made a fool out of. Those that follow God will not be put to shame. God said that those that put their hope in him will not be disappointed, dismayed, or put to shame. And I'm here to tell you that humility is not a part of being a doormat. That humility is not a, a part of being bent over and letting people punch you time and time again. We're supposed to pray for those that despite, despitefully persecute and misuse us, right? We're praying for people. We're praying and we speak in blessing over them, not cursing. We speak in blessing over them. But God says, vengeance is his. He said he will be an enemy to your enemies. So in this scripture, we see that Saul, um, he spared uh, King Agog. He spared him and he spared some of the cattle and the oxen and all of the, the fat of the ram and all this stuff, right? But then a word came to the prophet Samuel behind closed doors and God began to speak to Samuel about the disobedience of Saul. And here, here's the thing. God knew Saul was going to do it because he created Saul. He know the end from the beginning, but he still lets, gives us a chance and he still chooses us. And that's where the lines are like really blurred when it comes to being a believer in Christ and when it comes to God. I don't think people really understand how God, how much God loves us because we think God's silence means his approval because if we're in sin or if we're doing something we have no business doing. And I'm going to be speaking about God has been burning in my spirit, undercover homosexuality in the body of Christ, undercover uh, people that are in leadership and that are apostles, prophets, and they are in homosexuality, but God is still anointing them and he's still using them because baby, let me tell you something. God's plans are going to get done with or without us, right? God will use the enemy like a, a pawn in a game of chess. God's plans. So don't think that his silence means his approval, right? But God will use, and then he will get us a, give us a chance to get it right before he snatched them covers off of us. And in the meantime, in between time, we're still being blessed. We're still being used of God, being leaders in the body of Christ. Even though we have that undercover sin that God is secretly telling us in our private time and through our dreams, we need to get it right. We need to get it right. We need to get it right, right? So I think their lines are blurred like he was using Saul. And I'm saying this because you see the same correlation with Saul, that God still anointed him as king, even though he knew the outcome of what would happen to Saul. God will still use a Donald Trump. God will still use whomever he wants to anoint, he anoints. If he wanted to use a donkey to talk, if he wants to use the enemy to bless you, if whatever he, whatever deems necessary, because 
It's all within his control. And that's what people don't get. So the lines are blurred when it comes to salvation, when it comes to God still blessing me, or he must be okay with my undercover sin, or he must be okay with me being a homosexual, or he must be okay with me still. Because see, the fire God still on me. I can still speak in tongues. I can still lay hands on the sick. I still have the authority. I'm still walking in. But there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time when God is going to draw a line in the sand and he's going to say, you choose this day whom you will serve and you're going to have to decide before it's too late whom you're going to serve. He normally does this in private before he exposes you in public. And I'm telling you, because of his love, he's long suffering. And this is why people continue in what they do, because they think that because God is still blessing them, they're still anointed. They're still calling down fire from heaven. They're still prophesying. The power of God is still in their church service. But there's going to come a time when God is going to be through using you. And he's going to say, OK, are you going to deal with that sin? Are you going to deal with that undercover issue? And then that's where the line it draws in the sand. And I just want to make that clear because as you can see in this, Saul was used of God, just like Judas was used. He already knows the end from the beginning. So that doesn't mean he still won't give you a chance, right? So Saul said to the, um, you know, to the Canaanites to go and depart. So he went ahead and he did what he did. He was half disobedience. And so now we see that God is speaking to the prophet Samuel in private about Saul being disobedient. And so God told Samuel, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and he has not performed my commandments. And I agreed Samuel and he cried out to the Lord all night. So a true prophet of God is going to uh, intercede on behalf of the people. Is not going to judge, but they're going to do and execute what God has told them to do. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told it was told Samuel saying Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself. Pride. And he was gone on around, passed by and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul and Saul said to him, blessed are you of the Lord. Isn't this how people do when they know they are just doing their own thing, but they still want you to think that they are anointed. <laughs> blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, what then is this that, that is bleeding on the sheep in my ears? In other words, what, if you doing the commandment of the Lord, then what is this God is telling me about what he told you to do that you did not do? In other words, Saul was lying. As soon as he seen Samuel, he went to lie. Okay. So he said, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. This is what uh, Saul was saying to Samuel. And then, but Samuel said, what then is this bleeding in the sheep of my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? And then he said, and Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord, your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. In other words, quit digging yourself in a deeper hole because God has already revealed to me and uncovered your sin. So he said, speak on to Samuel. So the prophet Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? 
And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners and the Amalekites and fight against them until they are consumed. When, when, why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Still, still going in that vein, still in that vein. Um, and then the, uh, he said, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord has sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen and the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So he's saying that, oh, but we took the sheep and the oxen because we wanted to make a sacrifice to the Lord. So this is for God. Even though God told him to destroy the cattle, the sheep, the people, everybody, leave nothing untouched. So Samuel said, has, has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? In other words, God ain't looking for your sacrifice. He's looking for a man after his own heart. He's looking for people that will not compromise the truth for the sake of peace. He's looking for people that are ride or die. He's looking for people that got his back when he send them on an assignment that they will not compromise. They will not relent back up or they will not be dismayed by the faces of the people. But he's looking for a person or a people that will go forth in the power of his might and do all that he has commanded them to do. So he said to Saul, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. So before you take your gift to the altar and you get your tithes and offering and you give all of your money, thinking that that's going to have God overlook the sin and overlook the disobedience, you might want to keep that and take it back and repent and get it right. So then, um, for he said, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. So there are some people in the body of Christ that is still operating because we know that he raised up David to be a king, right? We know that when David was raised up to be king after that came persecution, right? So we know that he raised up David to be king, but we also know that Saul was in that position for another 17 or 18 years before David was anointed king over Israel. So we know that there are some people that still are operating in the body of Christ thinking they got the unction for the function, baby, and they don't have it because God has already rejected them. And it's just a matter of time before it plays out. And before God has brought them down because of the sin, if they have not repented. So then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. Listen to this, guys, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. He's like, OK, just pardon the sin. Let's go worship God together. It don't work like that. So Samuel, because he was sold out to Jesus, he was not moved by Saul's eloquent words. He was not moved or swayed or felt sorry for him, him as we sometimes do as people. We want to feel sorry for people. We want, we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And to a certain degree, we should, but not at the expense of disobeying God. So God doesn't even want you to fellowship and come into communion with people that is disobedient to him. So listen to this. So he said, let's go worship the Lord, right? 
And so then he said, um, then Samuel said, bring Agag king because God wasn't done yet. God, God sent Samuel in as the finisher. He said, send Samuel. Then Samuel said, bring Agag the king of the Amalekites here to me. So Agag came to him cautiously. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death has is past. In other words, he's killed everybody he's supposed to kill. In other words, he didn't want to die, right? So he said, but Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless. This is what he did. He's talking about what they did to the Israelites when they attacked them unprovoked. So he said, but Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag in the pieces before the Lord in Gigal. So God sent him in to finish the job that Saul did not finish. And then Samuel went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house, a Gebath of Saul. And Samuel went no more to see Saul. Get this. He disconnected himself from the disobedience. So Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul because he still loved him. And even though as prophets, there comes a word of correction and there comes a word from the Lord that you sometimes have to give to leadership. I've been in those positions. Sometimes I have to give a word to authority, right? And leadership kings and, and people that are in positions of high positions. It doesn't mean that you don't love people because you're given a word of correction. It, that, it And actually it means the opposite. That's God's mercy. When God sends a prophet to give you a word, that's his mercy speaking because he don't have to give you nothing. He's God. God. He does what he wants to do and however he wants to do it. The Bible said the heart of the king is in the hand of God and God turns it whichever way he wills, right? So when Saul um, uh, went up, he said that Samuel mourned for Saul and the Lord regretted that he made Saul king over Israel. So the Lord regretted that whole situation. Why? Because he actually... Um, didn't do what God had said to do. Now, why would God tell him to kill women, children, the king, the, the kids? He told him to smote everybody. And why is that? Why? This is why. Because God knows that the end from the beginning. So he know years down the road when those children come up, right? When they are raised up, that they will have uh, they, they will want revenge. And we see this in the book of Esther when we look at Haman. Haman was uh, um, a descendant of the Amalekites. And what did Haman do? He wanted revenge. This is why this whole thing happened with, with uh, Esther and the king and Haman. This is where all of this came from because the descendants raised up with, with vengeance and they want to get back. So what Haman wanted to do was annihilate the Jews. And we know the story of Esther and it goes on and on. But we know that God raised up Esther for such a time as this. So let me get back to uh, the ride or die though. Because see, this is where the ride or die comes in. God is looking for a people that will ride or die, that will not relent or back up, retreat, that will go forth in love, but in a holy boldness. The Bible says the wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So God is looking for a holy boldness in this season. He's looking for people that will not compromise. He's looking for people that love him with their heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's looking for a ride or die crew, an army that he can raise up to, that he can count on, that he can rely on to do all that he has commanded. So we see that 
the Lord said to Samuel, how long in, the, in, in chapter 16, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your home with oil and go, and I am sending you to Jesse, um, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. In other words, enough. You mourn for him. It's time out. We got to keep this thing moving. The Bible says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. Sometimes we want to pitch a tent and be in a pity party and be in a mourning thing. And there's nothing wrong with mourning, but there come a time when God said enough is enough. Get up. Let's keep it moving. And that's what we have to have in our spirit. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, right? It's constantly moving. It's not at a standstill. It's not stagnated, right? So God said, get up. Come on, come on up out of that. Come on, it's time to anoint another king so we can get this thing going and we can go with purpose and destiny. So David is a great example of a man that was after God's own heart. And we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, it reads, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after God's own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And this is God speaking. He's raising up David at this point because Saul did not do it. But we know that David did not become anointed king for 17 or 18 years. And we know that Saul was still reigning king. So we know that God don't just snatch people down. There comes an appointed time when he will do that, right? For various reasons. Because not only that, we don't understand the love that God has for people. And that these, these kings and these apostles and prophets and teachers are leading a mass amount of people. And sometimes when you want to deal with the king, you sometimes have to wait until an appointed time. Why? Because it'll not, when you snatch that person down, a lot of other people will be affected. And because of the love of God that he has for people, he will wait for an appointed time to the right time to do things. So he don't just snatch the leader from under the people's feet like that. You know what I'm saying? So that there's a reason why God does things the way. It's not that he approves of the sin or approves of the leader that is in pride or the leader that is in manipulation and greed. It's not that he approves of it. It's just there's a time and season for everything and that God will deal with people in his own time. Not in our timing. It's in his timing. We don't get to execute judgment. That's God's job, right? So with this type of... Uh, uh, anointing that David has, it comes envy and jealousy and persecution. And we know that David was persecuted by Saul because of jealousy and envy, because God anointed him as king and because God was raising him up right before his eyes and Saul didn't like it. So of course the devil got in him bigger than a mule and he wanted to, you know, take David out and, and, you know, did all these crazy things to David. But David, you know, knew that God was, that Saul was anointed by God and he knew not to touch him. So no, God is saying in this season, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you will be dismissed as a liar. So he's raising up an army of Davids, men and women after his own heart that will not relent, that will finish the job, right? He's raising up prophets like Samuel that will finish the job, that will not compromise, right? That will speak the unadulterated word of God in spite of who it is, in spite of the titles, in spite, come on, for every David, there's a Nathan. And for every Saul, there's a Samuel. There's nobody higher, right? If God is, I know one time, I'm going to give you an example of what God did to me. I was supposed to give a word of correction that I saw. And I got a prophetic word when I went back to my church. They said, that what you see on so-and-so, correct that. For God has given you a spirit of correction. 
So just because somebody is in a title or just because they're your parents, just because they, and you know, it, it was funny because when she was saying that what you see on so-and-so correct that for God has given you a spirit of correction. And then she also said, I'm God. I override all authority because you know, the first thing you think when you got to give a word of correction to a leader, you think, I don't want to be out of order. I know this person is in a position of authority, but God is saying that if he tells you to say it, that there's a way he'll give you to say it in love, you know, but there's also an obedience to him above all else. And she said that God says he overrides all authority. So even though you know this person is in a position of authority, still speak the word, the unadulterated word of the Lord. And that's what I had to do. And I did it. I executed that assignment. She said, and this time when you go back, you're going to go back in a whirlwind. Because now I've received the word and I received that correction from the Lord. So needless to say, I just say what God tells me to say now, because I don't want the, you know, God, you know, to be on the other side, you know, of his righteousness judgment. So, you know, um, you know, we know that disobedience and disobedience uh, is directly related to witchcraft. The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Right. So we know that after Saul got through disobeying God, what came shortly after that, when he anointed David as king, is torments. Remember Saul, an evil spirit was a, a tormenting Saul. You got to read the story. It's amazing. So we know that directly after disobedience comes torment. So when we disobey God, we immediately see the enemy has an open door, a legal right to come in and torment us through different things, depending on what type of sin or what type of disobedience it was. The enemy, that's an open door for the enemy. That's why the Bible says, give no place to the enemy, right? So Samuel was the finisher. God sent him to finish the job. And we saw that, right? And then, um, so God says, are we sacrificing contaminated things to the Lord out of obligation? Obligation will have you to miss God. Are you moving in the things of the spirit or are you moving in the things of obligation? Saul clearly said, I fear the voices of the people. And sometimes that will have you to miss God. Obligation or led by the spirit. Obligation will have you to miss your purpose, your destiny, and miss the blessings of God over your life. That is the word of the Lord. God is looking to raise up an army, right? He's looking to raise up people that are after his own heart. Will you be that person? Will you lay it all down? Will you not care if people don't like you? Will you not care if you're, uh, if you fit in? Will you lay it down? That's the, that's the call today. This is a call to the army of the Lord that will not compromise and will speak the unadulterated word of the Lord. That is the word today, saints. That is all I have. You guys be blessed. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe to my channel if you haven't subscribed and you've been blessed. And that's it. That's all. Um, if anyone is interested in donating um, any money, um, I'm looking to buy Bibles. I've noticed that when I've been ministering to people, um, I've noticed that a lot of things people don't have is Bibles. So I'm asking if you choose to sow, if you're led by the Holy Spirit to sow 20 bucks for a Bible, um, that would great, be greatly appreciated. And then if you go to Cash App and you put in Bible, make sure you reference that so I'll know that's what that's for. 
And because I'm looking to be a blessing to the body of Christ and to people that are coming back, the prodigals are coming home, praise God. And I'm just looking to be able to sow. I've done this before years ago where I was so Bibles and I was so all kinds of things, but it takes a, a village, right? It takes a village. So if you're looking to be a blessing to the body and you want to sow, and if the Holy Spirit is leading you, then uh, 20 bucks for a decent Bible so that when I minister, I can hand that out and, and you will be a blessing to God's uh, people. And like my mom used to say, the greatest gift you can give somebody is the word of God. So that is it. That is all, guys. I love you much. Stay tuned. I have more videos coming and I thank you again for your prayers. And until the next time, I will see you in the next video. Bye, loves.